My God will fully supply whatever you need in accord with his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. We serve a God of abundance, yet you're still living paycheck to paycheck. We serve a God of order, yet your house always seems to be a mess. You feel unappreciated and overwhelmed just trying to keep up. Does the noise of life drown out the voice of God? Hi, my name is Gina Morton, a Catholic wife, mom, and declutter coach. Welcome to Pruning to Prosper, the podcast where we talk about all the practical things to run your home smoothly. Clutter, money, mindset, and yes, everyone still wants to eat, so we'll talk about that too. That nagging in your heart is God telling you he has more for you than just trying to keep up. If you're ready to get uncomfortable, get brave, and see what you can do, then grab your garden shears because you're about to prune away the stuff so you can prosper into the woman God has called you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Printing to Prosper. I'm your host, Gina Morton. Today, I want to lay the groundwork for your budget. I know we are going to get into budgeting because it's one of my very favorite things to do in my business is to help families create and stick to a household budget. But I know that word can be very scary for people. So I want to kind of lay the groundwork for the mindset that you're going to need to create your family budget, and to stick to your family budget. And I remember Dr. Phil, if you if you ever watched Dr. Phil back in the day, he had great Dr. Philisms that he would say. And one of the ones that he said that I always loved was the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. And I think we can look at God the same way. Like, If you're nervous about doing a budget or where's the money coming from or, oh my gosh, what is Gina going to say to us? I want you to look back on where God has already provided for you because that's the best predictor of future behavior. Look back and he has always provided for you. Now, here's the thing. You might already be saying like, no, he hasn't or I don't have this or whatever. You have to first and foremost know the difference between a need and a want. The Bible said he will supply you with all of your needs. It doesn't say all of your wants. Okay. You need to get to work. You don't need to get to work in a Porsche. You can get to work on foot. You can get to work on a bicycle. You can get to work on the bus, right? There's a difference between your needs and your wants. So that's a very first thing you're going to have to always remember when you're doing your budget. So today I want to tell you just two stories about how God provided for us when we didn't know how it was going to come. And I've said this already on this podcast, the how is none of our business. When you are aligned with what God is calling you to do, he will figure out the how. That is not for you to worry about. You just keep doing what he's calling you to do. And he's going to, he's going to lead you right down the path of success. All right. And that's again, why you need to look back and trust so that you can move forward in faith. So first story I want to tell you about where it could only be but God. Like where you, where those stories where you say like, oh my gosh, you're never going to believe this. This came out of the blue or this, da, 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 da. okay, that's God. He's there for you, okay? My first story is this. When I wanted to stay home with our first son, there was a lot of groundwork that had to be laid because financially it's a huge decision 
to stay home with a child. And that's a lot of what I like to talk about um, is, you know, that was my calling was to stay, be a stay-at-home mom. And the very practical things that I had to prune away was like, you know, if we had debt, if we had a budget, we had things to set up, like bring that ship as close to the dock as you can so you can jump. That's what I'm all about. Like I'm here to help you bring that ship close to the dock. All right. And that's exactly what I had to do too. So for the months leading up to his birth, I did what I thought was a budget. I, you know, planned as much as I could plan. Um, I've got a, you know, some money oopsie stories to tell you. And I really wasn't budgeting proactively. I was kind of budgeting in the rear room mirror, if that makes sense. It was more like I was just writing down what I spent. So I'm going to teach you guys how to do budgeting the right way um, and hopefully save you the hassle and the grief that I had to go through to learn it and the stress. But I was doing the best I could and I thought I was managing our money as best as I could. Um, but it was before we knew about Dave Ramsey and my whole salary was pretty much going to fund um, the decorating of our house, savings and travel. So for the first two years of our, our marriage, that's what we did. And I would, we would use my husband's salary to pay one mortgage and then I would pay two additional mortgage payments towards principal out of my salary. And I was like, I got to crank out this mortgage, you know, as fast as I can. That was kind of my thought process, which is okay. However, you can't get to your money when it's tied up in your mortgage or tied up in the equity of your home. Okay. So we, that was our oops was that we didn't have liquid money. Okay. Which is what we should have been doing was just saving up. Um, in preparation for this baby to come. So the other thing was every year we got a bonus for my job and the bonus was very significant. Um, so it was, it was significant enough that I planned his birth around this. So I call him my bonus baby because he came, he was like one of the, what do they say? 5% of babies are born on their due date. He was born on his due date. And it was also the day that my bonus was deposited into my account. So I call him my bonus baby because it was so perfectly timed. And I was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. We got this bonus before I had this baby. Now, the other thing to remember is I didn't quit my job right away when I had him. So my company was very generous with maternity leave. And we got six weeks like paid leave. And we had six months where they would give us our exact same job back. So I was in sales, which meant that I got to keep my company car for the first six months of his life. And they would assume that I was going back to work after six months. So I would get my exact same territory back, my exact same job. It was as if nothing happened. You know, we just had a little kid in the house now. Um, and then if you didn't go back at six months, they would take your company car and they, you would, you know, stop getting like internet and cell phone, all that kind of stuff was taken away. And you're pretty much like not earning any money, but you still had a job to go back to if you wanted to for, I believe, 15 or 18 months. Um, and when I say a job to go back to, it was a comparable position. So it might be in sales, but it might be across the country, but it was still a backup plan. Okay. So I had that kind of safety net to fall back on. Um, but I didn't, obviously I didn't go back ever. But um, so when I was deciding to be a stay-at-home mom, I remember I had a friend that I worked with and she said to me, that is so stupid that you would quit your job. She said, 
you're going to be broken a year and your job will be gone. And I was like, okay, thank you for the vote of confidence, but this is what I'm called to do. And remember you guys, when you feel called to do something and you're in alignment with God's will for your life, he will work it out. And I was so confident that I was meant to be a stay-at-home mom. I really didn't pay any attention to these naysayers because I was so dead set on this is what I'm being called to do. But fast forward a year and she was right. Um, we were broke and all of our savings was gone. Uh, it was just the year of we were, you know, my husband wasn't making a ton of money. He quit his job to start as a financial advisor and he was building up his book of clients from nothing. Like we knew no one. He built his business on cold calling. And um, I mean, there's just so many great stories of God providing, but these are just two today. And um, so a year into motherhood, we're broke and our savings is gone. And I'm just like, oh boy, I guess it's time for me to go back to work. I don't know what we're going to do. And I'm sure there was a lot of prayer involved. And one day around his first birthday, I was looking at my bank account. And there was a deposit from my former company. Now I was still technically an employee. So there was, there was a deposit down to, I kid you not, I don't have the numbers because I don't have the bank account anymore, but it was within like $10 of what I originally had in our bank account when I gave birth to him and what was in my bank account around his first birthday. And I couldn't figure out where this money came from. And I, I was like, do I owe this to the company? Like, what's the deal? Because it had the company's name on it. So it was from there. And I called, I reached out to my former boss and I said, you know, I, I, I see this money. Like, what is this? And he's like, oh, well, that's your bonus. And I said, well, what do you mean my bonus? I haven't worked in a year. And he said, well, that's the bonus from January, February, March of the year. 2006. So my son was born in March and I just kind of didn't pay much attention to the first three months of that year. Cause in my mind, I had a baby in 2006. That was it. Well, turns out you're still earning bonus. So I had earned bonus for those first three months of the year. And it was deposited in 2007, just when we needed it most. So that money carried us through our second year of parenthood. And it is only by the grace of God that this all worked out. Like I just, I so fully believed in my calling as a stay-at-home mom and for my husband to do the job that he's been called to do. I mean, his story is another phenomenal story that I will tell you guys. Um, he has a blog about it, but it's like uh, his blog post is called uh, the zeal of a convert. And oh, he's got such a great story. Um, so that's one story of God providing. Another fun story of God providing was, um, so when we were young, young married, young parents, um, we didn't have a lot of money, but we had time and we had talent and we had a little bit of treasure. Okay. So we always gave money to the church and to things in our you know community and things like that. But um, for the most part, we gave our time because that's what we had the most of. And so my husband and I used to do the high, high school youth group 
uh, at our church. We used to run that together. But then once I had my son, Charlie, my husband kind of stepped away from it so that I could do youth group without him and he would stay home and watch Charlie. So anyway, in, I believe it was, oh gosh, I believe it was 2011. I'm going to have to go back and check. Um, there was, there was world youth day. And if you've, if you've heard of world youth day, it is when the Pope, it's kind of like the Olympics. It's like every four years, a country hosts world youth day and the Pope comes and, you know, at least a million pilgrims from around the world travel to this country. And it's, you know, a week long celebration with the Pope and the youth. And, um, it was always my goal for youth group. I had two goals. One, to take a group of kids to World Youth Day and two, to get a vocation. And I'm working on the interview with the vocation story. I'm gonna reach out to, uh, to somebody and hopefully have that story told on this podcast as well. But I really wanted to go to World Youth Day and I love Europe. And in 2011, I believe it's 2011, it was Pope Benedict. It was in Madrid, Spain. And we got a new priest at our church and he was all about the kids traveling and experiencing the world. And he just brought so much new life and energy into our parish. So I was like, this is my priest. Like, I'm going to get to go to World Youth Day. So you plan it, you know, months, if not a year or more in advance, because you have to have the money. So it was, I want to say it was maybe $1,500 to go to Spain for the 10 or 11 days that we were going to go. And I remember talking to my husband about this and saying, you know, I really want to go to World Youth Day. And I mean, this was a ton of money for us, a ton of money. And so he was like, okay, I know it's your dream. Um, I'm going to support you in this. So we paid in installments. And if you missed one of the installments, you forfeited all the money that you'd already given. Okay. And I believe it was like either the second or third installment of $500 was due. And we, um, we didn't have it. We just didn't have it. And I remember this all happened in the same day. I did the bills and I had $500 left over. And I thought, oh my gosh, what a blessing. I have this $500 to give for my World Youth Day. I don't have to forfeit all the money we've already given. Life is good. Then there's the sound of mail dropping through the mail slot onto the hardwood floors in my living room. So I get up. And it's not mail, it's the oil delivery man. And he has dropped the receipt through the slot. I open the bill for the oil, for, you know, our heating oil. And it's $500. So there goes the extra $500 I thought I had. It's gone. So now we're back to zero. I don't have the money for the World Youth Day. And I was like, okay. I guess we just lost all the money that we'd been saving and deposited. Within the hour, my husband calls me so excited. And he says to me, you're never going to believe this, but I earned a commission and it's $500. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow, that's so wonderful. And I'm thinking, oh boy. (laughs) And he said, listen, honey, the money is due for World Youth Day. And if I don't come up with it today, 
um, we forfeit. And he said, okay, well, how much is it? And I said, it's $500. And God bless my husband without hesitation. He's like, okay, we have it. And I had it. And in the end, I was able to come up with all the, the whole $1,500 to go to World Youth Day. And it was just God's way of saying like, I got you, kid. And was it a need for me to go to World Youth Day? No, it was a definite want. But that want aligned with God's will for me. Um, and I loved these kids that we went there with. And it was such a great trip. And oh my gosh, there's even like funny stories about God providing on that trip to World Youth Day that I'll tell you about another time too. Like there, I have so many stories. It's why I needed a podcast because I could just tell you all day long stories of God providing. So this is what I want you to do for your little bit of homework today. That's going to kind of lay the groundwork for moving into the budgeting episode that I'm going to be doing. I want you to go back in your life and think about the times where money has just seemingly appeared or maybe a physical product phys appeared that you needed, or there was just a time in your life where you're just like, there is no way, but God. And he came through for you and it restored your faith in humanity. It restored your faith in God, whatever the story may be. But I want you to go back and write those stories down because you're going to need those stories in the upcoming months and years when you're doing your budget, or maybe you're digging out of debt. You're going to have to have that to go back on and say, oh yes, God, I remember you did provide for me when I needed it most. And therefore I'm going to walk in faith through this next chapter of my life with um, using my money for your greater glory and managing my money as you want it to be managed because he is always going to provide for you guys. That's what you need to trust. Have a great week. I will talk to you next Wednesday. And uh, yeah, just go make it a great day. Take care. Bye-bye.